Hey all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Jonathan. Well, hello. <laughs> and uh, today we're going to be, it's going to be a short one for us today. We're going to be talking about Scarlett Johansson settling, um, new Pokemon, Hasbro's making some big changes, China further restricts uh, gaming, and then we also have our watch list, new world review, and some Venom 2 discussions with Squeaks. Jonathan, first before we get started, it's been a bit since we've done this with you. What are you mm -hmm. playing and what are you watching? Uh, so I haven't been playing a lot because uh, I'm to to I don't know, kind of redirect. I'm getting a 3D printer soon, so I've been yeah. watching a lot of videos and stuff on how to do that. So I downloaded recently a program for it and all kinds of stuff. So that's mostly what my computer time is devoted to lately. <laughs> computer time, uh, <laughs> as little <laughs> as I have these days. Um, I've been watching all kinds of stuff. I can't remember off the top of my head though. This is this is horrible. I'm well, terrible. it's long last. Normally we don't do this anymore. Now we do the question, yeah. but. Well, to be it's honest, a, a lot of what I've been watching is is baby stuff. Is you know oh, something man. I have to put on for my my newborn to entertain him. So baby it's like shark chip doo doo. <laughs> no, oh god. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, all kinds. of... But I try to watch stuff from Disney so that he'll kind of get the vibe for it. So yeah. we've been putting on gargoyles and like oh, Ducktales, nice. uh, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers this morning. It's like, all right, I could sit and watch this kind of stuff with him. That's, yeah, that's really good. A lot of what we're suggesting in our watch list, especially from Disney Plus are things that are like great ways to introduce your kid into geekdom, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, I think Disney Plus is kind of really doing a good job of that because they have the Marvels and they have all the Star Wars stuff. So it's a really good place to go. Plus we have lower deck or um, the new Star Trek uh, prodigy coming up soon. So yes, even more content that way. Yeah, uh, yeah for myself uh, playing uh, New Worlds, right? And then watching kind of a little bit of everything. But uh, mm -hmm. I actually got back into Norseman again, which is a Vikings comedy show. It's it's hard to explain, but it's really funny. Um, mm -hmm. Been doing that. How far are you on Dune? We're on oh, Dune Watch. Gosh, let me check. Last I saw was on chapter like eleven, but okay, I good. know I'm past that. It's uh, it, it's it's pretty good already. Fifteen, yeah, <laughs> 15. fifteen. Okay. Oh man. Okay, you're catching yeah. up quick. Okay. Yeah. I'll get started because I stopped waiting you. for you to kind of catch up a little bit before I go <laughs> any farther. So I still don't really have the houses down very well, but they say a lot of names that are just like, okay, it's, it's going to get caught up at some point, but I kind of want to go back and re-listen to some of it or yeah. map it out. But Especially yeah, that the first three chapters would be good to re-listen to, I think. I haven't done that. Yeah. So the main two houses is House Atreides and House mm -hmm. Harkonnens, or the, the Harkonnens is what they just call them, the Harkonnens. Yeah. So that's the Starks and Lannisters, right? Like yeah. that's the, the good guys in the back. Dude, like, I do that to... so much when I'm, yeah. <laughs> when I'm going through that book. It's like, okay, so yeah, you're Jon Snow. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the Bella something, uh, the oh, the people uh, with the the Benny Jesuits, Benny Jesuits. What a, is that a, a religion or is that an actual so, race too? What's so cool about this thing is it's a little bit of everything. It's it is like a religion and it's a discipline. And mm. Paul nailed it when he was like, "Oh, you guys also study po uh, politics," and that's like something they don't advertise that they do, but it is totally what they do. The idea is that they kind of like foresee the future. They could see whether somebody's telling the truth or not, but they're not the best at it they do have like a truth person that's like really good at it but they're looking for their messiah the man it has to be a male because they're mostly all women it's a male that straight up sees the future and knows when someone's lying and mm. they believe paul is that person yeah her especially his mom does so it's expanding on that and uh it's so freaking neat <laughs> <laughs> i like it yeah it's getting really good so far yeah, the, the actress that's playing Lady Jessica in the movie that's coming out on the 22nd was on Colbert last night. And mm. she hasn't read all the book yet either. <laughs> but Colbert is like a super fan, has read all of them. <laughs> and so she's like, well, tell me, does my character become like an important person? And he's like, 
oh my god yes <laughs> because there's like five more books <laughs> so much more to come so um yeah so the movie's just based off the first book right it is yeah yeah oh, and cool. uh where you are about five chapters away from it going real crazy it going yeah. real nuts it's awesome yeah right now they're out on a a, a ship or you know yeah. their cruisers or whatever trying to rescue a, a party that was stranded out there or something like that so it makes it's you fall, a, that chapter makes you fall in love with the Duke a little bit, you know, like he's grumpy that he's losing his equipment, but he's also like, screw it, I'm going to save the men, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just so dope. And they're sitting there, it's so, it's, it's interesting, it's like they're sitting there calculating the math of, you know, how many guys they can get in there and, you know, what they can, you know, leave behind, but so much of it is like logistics in this story. Yeah. But, but it's, it's really interesting logistics, like, like the way they portray it. It's cool. Yeah. And then like, where did that, that carrier, like there's always like the one that keeps an eye out for the worms. Mm-hmm. and it's like where did that go and it's this big old carrier and stuff and yeah it's uh it's 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 good stuff <laughs> i didn't think i was gonna <laughs> like dude as much as i do right now i really like it a lot so yeah i'm excited for this movie this episode is brought to you by ninja buzz ninja buzz is a marketplace which makes it easier to connect the right advertiser with the right podcast they're the airbnb of advertisers and podcasters they match companies and podcasters based off of shared interest that way, the advertiser is reaching an audience interested in their products. The podcasters are talking about a topic they care about, and the listeners are hearing ads tailored to them. We have many podcasters that listen to Geek Freaks, and we want to invite you all to check out Ninja Buzz. If you have any questions, feel free to DM us. We'll also have a link to Ninja Buzz in the description. All right, uh, next thing we're going to talk about. So we put up these tier lists on our on our social medias and stuff like that just having fun mm. and we put up one about tier lists for controllers now when i do these i generally do them because i know they're gonna piss somebody off that's the <laughs> point of tier lists. i mean if we're being honest yeah. you're saying something's better than something else somebody's gonna disagree with you none of them have sparked this much um controversy debate. yeah controversy yeah. over the controllers so i've i've done the video game controllers we're gonna go over a couple of them and see what you guys think Grief Burrito has specifically truly disagrees with this, especially S tier, D tier, the last and the best. Um, so we're going to defend a couple of the things that they don't like, or and you're going to give me your opinion on them, okay? Sound good? Right. Yep. First off, they think the Game controller, GameCube controller is one of the best. I have it at D, very last tier. What do you think about the GameCube controller? Yeah, I don't know if I'd put it at D, but I wouldn't. I, I don't think it's one of the best. It's uh, It kind of mimics the 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 form i guess of an xbox controller which i think yeah. more or less nailed it eventually uh but it's kind of like a hybrid i guess between the n64 and the xbox controller but it's just not not quite there i don't think it had anything huge that was so significantly different about it that brought it above anybody else the thing that bugs me about that controller is that you know how you're saying it's like the xbox controller has the offset analogs the bottom yeah. analog the c analog for this controller they made sure it was cut very sharply to where it basically only went into so many positions it wasn't freely moving like you'd yeah. pres- like you'd assume even the actual stick itself wasn't a full stick for your thumb it was more like a thing where you pushed it in a certain direction it wasn't meant to be used the same way it's more like four buttons than it is a toggle right and it just yeah. felt very janky and stuff like that we don't need to talk i mean yeah. like the big a button or whatever it had its place like for smash brothers that controller was amazing but that mm-hmm. was to my in my opinion where it ended and so, yeah. you know, it's just whatever. I also have in that D ranking the Switch controllers because there's so much drift on those things. Um, mm. 
they're very poorly designed when you're using them. They're just not very well made. And then the Wii controller, because I've never seriously played a game with the Wii because of those controllers. <laughs> yeah. So the only way I would disagree with those, because I barely used either of them, but is, you know, like you're saying, application wise, they just aren't as good as they could be or should be. Right. But conceptually and theoretically, they are huge improvements on technology because they're independent and have motion control and i'm pretty sure the the wii remote the wiimote was the first of its kind yeah. to have any kind of uh like gyroscopics or whatever it is where it could tell the position of the remote uh, so like i think that was a huge advancement in technology but whether it was executed right and whether the games were made to pair with it right and all that i mean that i, I think that's where they kind of fell short yeah, for many of the more hardcore games like Smash Bros., you bought a different controller. You bought like a normal controller for your Wii. Yeah. Um, okay, next thing I want to talk about is having the, the NES, the original Nintendo controller, at an A ranking so high up. The reason I did this is because for the games that were on the Nintendo, that thing was a perfect fit. Plus, especially as a kid, because that's when we were using that controller. Your hands are smaller. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was clean and very precise. Uh, it had, I mean, talking about precise, if you're going... For, Comparing that to like the N64, I'm sorry, not the N64, the Sega Genesis or the, uh, what's the other one, uh, Atari, those mm -hmm. controls felt a little bit looser than this controller's controls. It was very responsive. Do you remember using that controller very often? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a long time, but I remember playing with it. And it, like you're saying, it's a very simple controller, but the games were extremely simple. There wasn't a lot to them. Right. So you don't, you don't need, you know, 12 different buttons to hit. You need two buttons and, and a directional pad. Yeah. So I think for that, it was, it was effective. It obviously has a iconic look to it. So I think the, the design and style would kind of, you know, was made for nostalgia a little more than other controllers. Right. Um, and it paired well with the system that it was made for. Yeah. It, when you have games that only take two buttons, I mean, that's all you really need. And it just felt really, really tight. Um, the next thing to discuss, why have the Xbox 360 controller ranking higher than the Xbox One controller? So that was a big deal in its time, though, because the, the 360 was the first one to have a wireless controller, right? Well, it was the wireless charging native. Well, oh, no, no. You know what? Actually, no, it wasn't native. It had the two things on there. Um, I think it might have been the first wireless controller, John. I'm not positive on that, but I think so. I'm pretty sure. And yeah. um, other, other controllers had the vibration packs you can attach to them, like the N64, but I think the 360 controller was the first to have it built in original. Yeah. And that controller spanned a decade. All these other controllers didn't last 10 years. That one did. Now, the reason mm -hmm. I specifically like it more than the Xbox One is it was built like a tank, too. It actually was a little bit heavier. It held better in your arms you know, or in your hands. Sometimes when a mm -hmm. controller is too light, you feel like you're going to break it. Where you, like the Switch controller, for a great example. If I get intense on that thing, I'm playing some Zelda and I get a little crunchy. I feel like I'm going to snap the dang thing. <laughs> you know? All right. That was not... That, I mean, that Xbox 360 controller could sail across our room. Trust me. That thing was made <laughs> like a tank. All right. It could break your TV and not your controller. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I yeah. feel like the Xbox One, they went for like a little bit of a lighter feel. And it's just a really great design. Don't get me wrong. It's still a, a ranking for the, the uh, Xbox One controller. But I feel like that 360 just edges it out a little bit. And I might be wrong, but it was it was the 360 controller the first one to have a headphone jack? I believe like so. For a headset? Yeah. Yeah. There, there was a huge... I mean, just the, the 360 alone was a giant leap in technology, but... Yeah. Um, it's, you know, the controller definitely shows that too. A decade-long console. I mean, that we'll mm -hmm. never see that again. That was yeah. such an anomaly. Yeah, we're lucky to see consoles again. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Last thing I want to talk about. The N64 and the Dreamcast being an S ranking. What are your thoughts on those being so high? 
So Dreamcast was cool because it had the cartridges you could put in there to save your game and yeah. it had the little display. It was a little interactive with your game and stuff. So that was that was very different. I don't think it was 100% necessary. You could, you know, you should be able to save your game on your console and nowadays it's all, you know, save it on the cloud and go play at someone else's house or whatever. Uh, but it was cool that you could take out the cartridge, bring it to your friend's house and, you know, continue your save or wherever you could take it. Um, so that was kind of a big deal. It was just really bulky and mm -hmm. just kind of, I mean, not, I'm not too awkward. It was just is bigger than it needed to be probably. Uh, yeah. but because it has that space to, to load the cartridge in, I'm sure that took up a lot of real estate. I will uh, say that it has the contours behind where your, your hands kind of felt like they went in a little bit more, which mm -hmm. made up for the bulky, for the bulkiness. It is wide like the Xbox, the original Xbox controller, but the Xbox, original Xbox controller, your arm, your hands were turned like they are normally but for the for the sega dreamcast they turned them in a little bit to where it kind of offset that bulkiness it's it's yeah. hard to explain until you try it out and it's a little bit we, i mean we played blitz on remember the nfl blitz game oh yeah we played it on this controller a lot <laughs> and so <laughs> uh but yeah yeah and was it the sparrow or spyro there was a lot of games that we played i think the dreamcast had a short lifespan but yeah. it was there was a lot of good games that they had when it was out. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, the N64 controller, I don't know how anybody can hate on that. That was, maybe it's just because the N64 was such a staple in our, you know, early childhood development and yeah. you know, learning how to use that controller was learning how to play video games to some extent because <laughs> that, you know, games were evolving and that was, that was the tool to interact with them. But it had, you know, so much more control, so much more buttons and the fact that you can use that center handle and I get the center handle is kind of odd for some games. But that's why it has both that you can exactly. hold it on the outside, like, you know, for a racing game and then hold it in the middle for a shooting game or something. It just depends on the application. Exactly. So side scrollers are side are you hold them on each side and yeah, racing games. The center one on a shooter was unbeatable. Then there's no controller yeah. that's captured that. Yeah. So I do like how, you know, the later the Xbox and, and 360, the later versions of the controller were able to integrate having a D-pad and two joysticks like they. I think they kind of evolved from what the N64 controller was trying to do, though. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything before we move on? Anything from this list you disagree with? Uh, no, actually, we we went through this all like a long time ago too, we did. and kind of roughed this out, and and I think we're totally on the same page with the rankings. For those of you guys who disagree with us, we fully understand. When we went to the convention at the uh, what was it 2019 now, uh, Gamers Expo in Sacramento. We had a big board where you could like move the ranking for the controllers and there would be people we would see come from like halfway across the <laughs> big auditorium like, what? GameCube's on top? <laughs> and we're like, almost, we like, we had to fix the board sometimes. People would be like angrily like, no, <laughs> this goes down here <laughs> and this one goes up here. And then you would see their friend like just like steam up behind them like, oh, <laughs> and then reverse it right away. And, yeah, and some people that weren't like too busy, they would just kind of do laps sometimes. So you keep seeing yes. the same guy come back, like, nope, that one's got to go back here. I don't know what they were thinking. This has to go, and they uh, oh keep rearranging God. it back. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, a little feud between you know people passing by. That's why I freaking love it. I mean, it's that's the whole point of these things is just to kind of have fun with it and stuff like that. Um, so to grief Rito and Has, that's our mm -hmm. our defense for all those controllers we were talking about. <laughs> Guys, go check out grief Burrito. We we joke around with them all the time. They're they're really great people over there. And Haz is putting in the work. He's the one that like kind of does a lot of their a lot of their restreaming and stuff like that. So props to those guys. Go check it out. Grief burrito. Next up, 
Scarlett Johansson settles with Disney. Now, we don't have the exact numbers yet, but she does say she's happy to work with them again. Could you imagine a world where Black Widow returns? Um, I don't know. I know this this creates a lot of controversy within, you know, the MCU and Disney and you know, everybody's like trying to either defend Scarlett Johansson or say, you know, hey, she needs to sit down and shut up and do her job. She's getting paid a lot of money. Right. Yeah. But, <laughs> right. But uh, I think Disney recognizes that, you know, even bad publicity is publicity and they want to get that attention and it's stirring mm-hmm. people up and they're starting a conversation and the fact that they can punctuate the end of the story with, don't worry, we, we took care of her. We made an agreement and she's happy. Now they turned all that negative publicity into positive and they're going to reap the benefits of it. So I think it would be to their advantage to continue to cast her in that role. Yeah. Uh, and, and they have a, a series already, right? So aren't they, they made not the, for Black the movie. Widow. They have the movie, oh. but not, the, not a series yet for her. Okay. Okay. I thought they were, I thought they were like already in production of a series before she started this. No. And uh, in the not. what ifs they have Black Widow, she's not voicing her either. Uh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think they're going to bring her back? Uh, Well, okay, so two things. First off, no doubt she's probably going to work for Disney again just because Disney owns half of Hollywood now. So, it's like, do you want to keep being an actress? Well, <laughs> you're working for Disney <laughs> at some point. Um, Secondly, it's comic books. Nobody stays dead. And it's the multiverse. So, there's already a lot of different Black Widows out there. Uh, so, we could see her again. I wouldn't mind, like, a quick cameo. I don't necessarily want, like, same thing with Steve Rogers. Like, as much as I love that Captain America... We don't need to bring him back. Let's move forward, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like the comic books would do. Yeah. You don't, you don't just keep repeating the same scenario, the same character. You change the character and then retell a story or tell a different story with a similar character that's gone through transformations. Yeah, even when there's a reboot, there's always a little bit of a caveat to it. Like, oh, well, now, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, A little bit different poor. origin story. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Something like that. So, I'm happy that they settled. It sounds like both parties are happy. Um mm-hmm. But it's tough. It's really tough. And, I, and, and it was really good for Scarlett to do this because it set a new precedent on how they do contracts like we were talking about before. They're going to mm-hmm. start paying attention to this stuff and make sure everybody's happy. We're in a world now where you don't, we don't know what's going to happen, if it goes to digital or not. And we have to be prepared for that. So that's, that's pretty smart all around. All right. We have a new Pokemon being added. Uh, this is uh, to the Pokemon Legends game, Arceus, or whatever it's called. <laughs> Sorry to mention <laughs> Um, so what this is, it's a new evolution to Scyther. You remember who Scyther is, right? He's the green one with yeah. the blades on his hands. Okay. Looks like a praying mantis. Perfect. Uh, so he already has an evolution that's like this red guy. Well, now he's getting a different evolution for the new game, and his name is Cleaver. And it looks like he might be a rock type, and he has big ol' axes for hands now, which is pretty mm-hmm. dope. Um, what are your thoughts on them, like, giving additional evolutions to Pokemon? Is, like, Pokemon running out of ideas at this point? I think so. I think, I mean... I think after like Lugia and all that, they just kind of went a totally... Wow, that's early on, John. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, <laughs> once I got in high school, Pokemon didn't know what I was doing anymore. <laughs> uh, no, it, so to me, what I don't like about the change in Pokemon is when we were kids, every Pokemon is based in our reality, based in our nature. So it is a combination of a type of tree and a type of bug or a type of, you know, snake and a type of flower. And right. You know, they make hybrids of all these things and they're cool and they're grounded and something that we can relate with to some extent. Like, you know, they each have a a type, like Charmander is a little dinosaur. Like, it's just easy. You can see it. It's understandable. And But eventually they started to evolve into where it's like, well, you know, this guy's just a 
ball of fluff that doesn't have any kind of characteristics. Know, <laughs> yeah, it's not related to nothing. And then they're based in aliens and these super, it's like the aliens and stuff like that. That's cool, but that could be a totally different world. Like make yeah. your own, you know, <laughs> put them into Digimon or something. Yeah. Well, I was, I was thinking be, Digimon when you were saying that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't have to be the same thing because it, to me, it kind of ruins the the foundation that you built this on the yeah. rules that you established what this world is now they don't make sense when you're adding you know all these new characters first off they continue to find new pokemon but they're not going to new planets so are they not just spread out evenly around this world relatively yeah. evenly and they're exploring new parts of the world they've never seen before and stuff and yeah the pokemon are just so so different and not really grounded in our nature so yeah i don't, I don't like that but I hopefully this guy, you know, he's a rock type and has cleavers. That's not really a natural thing, but uh, hopefully they're trying to turn more towards their old style of development or d designing. In the latest, you know, Sword Shield, there's a Pokemon that's literally a keychain, and I was just like, yeah. So there's a guy that must have been at his desk who had his keys on his desk. Was like, I gotta think of one more, bro, before I can go home. And he looks mm -hmm. over and he's like, Keychainala. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the name is. Next is going to be an, an iPhone Pokemon and a coffee cup Pokemon. Like, Oh, God. There's so going to be an iPhone Pokemon. There's like yeah. this Rotan thing that does kind of do that. Oh, my God. Um, I love Pokemon. It's, it's a lot of fun. I always pick up the games, right? I always play the games. I don't really watch the show, but I do uh, play the games. I only watch the show when I guest on a, pod, a podcast that does that, actually. Um, but they are definitely stretching now. And... I'm not a big fan of that when they go back and add an evolution to something that already existed. They did that mm -hmm. with Pikachu like pretty early on where they're like, oh yeah, Pikachu's actually an evolution of Pichu. And it's like, you guys are messing up your own magic. Why are you doing that? You know? Yeah. I would say you could do that. I, I think you could do that unlimitedly if you tie it into the story. So if in the show, you know, Pikachu's always been a Pikachu, but then a Pikachu went through a traumatic experience, you know, near death thing or something like that, or got shocked with some special energy that made him evolve and now it's it's an evolutionary process so because of this you know surviving this electrocution from plasma energy from a star far away or whatever now he <laughs> evolves and has some new powers that no one's ever seen before and so then they start using dittos and make a whole bunch of those guys and they start breeding and the whole planet's covered in special new poor dittos yeah. They are for one thing, and that's fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you were for one thing, though, <laughs> I know, right? Can't hey, you all battle. I'm gonna be over here in the uh, Pokemon <laughs> trainers area. Right. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah. It's funny. Scott gets the game right, and, and he's like, "Well, what Pokemon should you trade to be first? I'm like, "Really? I'm gonna get you a Ditto first, so you can start making your own Pokemon. <laughs> you got to yeah. bring him over to the breeders and just have him camp out. <laughs> he's gonna be sitting there. Um, yeah." Uh, we have the Pokemon month coming up next month. We'll do a lot of Pokemon content. Then uh, we'll probably bring on Rob from Altered Universe. Uh, I do his Pokemon. I do his podcast weekly, and it's basically now just a Pokemon podcast. It feels like so. Um, we'll we'll talk to him too about him. He knows. I mean, he's the kind of guy. It's like 870 Pokemon. He'll name every one of them. He knows them all. I know. Freaking That's trooper. Good. <laughs> yeah. Man. All right. Uh, we have a date for the new Boba Fett series coming out December 29th. I'm so hyped for this. What do you think, man? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for anything in that Mandalorian world or the newer yeah. Star Wars, you know, Disney world because they've been doing such a good job. They're just, they're printing money and, you know, everybody loves their work so far. So, I say, you know, keep the team that you have, stay mm -hmm. focused on what you're doing and just keep, keep producing. Like, it's, it's really good so far. Yeah, it's the same team as the Mando. 
uh, series. And uh, from what we know so far, it's him trying to capture the territory that once was Jabba the Hutt's, mm -hmm. uh, which he had worked in before. So we'll probably see a lot of that going on. I like the idea of like a crime, you know, war between criminals type of thing like that and him trying to get in there. Uh, more Boba, Boba Fett's always good, so that'd be great. Yeah, it'll be nice to see the huts with modern CGI too. I mean, true. I didn't think about see, that. That that kind of. I mean, they can do so much more with, and I'm sure there'll be all kinds of aliens and creatures and stuff like that. And I know they try to use as much practical effects as they can, so there'll be a lot of costumes and stuff. But yeah, uh, it'll be cool to see how clean and polished it can actually look with CGI. Mandalorian does a really good job of not using CGI. For mm -hmm. as much as possible do you would you rather see the the huts as cgi or giant puppets i don't think you could do puppets good with that i think it has to be cgi it's as much as been, i know it's only been puppets i think for the most part yeah but i mean it, it to, to make it look good to make it look like it it's good, not just yeah. a, a blob shaking yeah <laughs> just move up and down <laughs> yeah you gotta i mean and back then that was fine that was funny yeah, and it was, is, cool. you know it was semi-realistic for the time period but if you were to watch that now on a new production, you would just laugh. You'd be watching Dark Crystals, which you'd be watching, and you'd be like, <laughs> Boy, oh my god!" I gosh. tried so hard. <laughs> I did I too. Couldn't do it. it just doesn't work anymore. I don't know. Once you get past <laughs> a certain level of, of technology, you can't roll back. By like second episode of that thing, I had it on like double speed. Just like, get me through this story as hard as you can. And I'm like, nope, nope, I can't do it. <laughs> it's yeah. too much. You know, and, and you make a good point because- He's supposed to, like, Jabba the Hutt's supposed to be this crime boss, but mm -hmm. I've never, ever been threatened by his crime bossness before, except for one thing, when he can't be convinced by Luke, like mm -hmm. the whole mind control thing, and he was like, that's for weak mind people, I was like, that's pretty dope. Yeah. Generally, though, he doesn't, like, exude, like, I'm a crime boss, look at me. You yeah, know, it's like and, and he himself, you know, not very mobile, there's not much he can do to convey that, except for the power he keeps around him. So yeah. if he had a squadron of guards that were each, you know, specially trained assassins and different things, and he, you know, they all came from different planets, they're maybe a Mandalorian amongst them, and, you know, they work for him and, and will, you know, at his will, will just assassinate and kill whoever they want or whoever he wants. You know, something like that will be his flex of power and show his dominance over the area. But yeah, physically, he, he doesn't. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll see a younger version of the Huts that isn't, you know, a king who's been sitting on his throne just eating. And maybe they actually do kind of slither and are able to fight and attack and stuff. That'd be kind of interesting, too. That would be amazing to see. But I haven't seen that yet. I've seen, like, the Council <laughs> of Huts and stuff like that. And it's just basically Jabba Hut with a top hat. And that Jabba Hut has a cool mustache. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not lying, John. They've done it. <laughs> and so oh, it's just like, okay. <laughs> How did you guys become powerful? <laughs> I don't get Were it. Were top hats popular back 200 years before this in your country or in your planet too? <laughs> or you just heard about Abraham Lincoln and you wanted to cosplay? Well, I love that like you could tell like in the Jabba Hut family or the Hut family or whatever, they were like, well, look, we all look the same giant slug thing. So we need to find something for you and you could get your Jerry, your Uncle Jerry's monocle or Timmy's old top hat. Which one do you want? <laughs> yeah. You only get one. <laughs> Poor guy has the beret. Like, oh, great. I'm the beret hut now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Hasbro's launching a new AAA game studio. Uh, they plan on making games that fall within their huge umbrella, really. Power Rangers. They're working on, they're going to be making a Magic the Gathering game, Micronauts. Uh, but first up is a G.I. Joe game, and it's going to be an action adventure game. They said it will have some third person shooting in it. Uh, 
What do you think about them making a whole new game studio and not teaming up with somebody else? It, it makes me nervous. I, I, I like it. I'm excited for it. And I hope it does good. But the fact that they're, like you're saying, starting from scratch and they're not bringing in people who have, you know, proven themselves yet, then, you know, you, you got to tiptoe into that water and you're going to see if these first few games actually come out, you know, as AAA titles or if they're just going to be indie games that, you know, are being made by an expensive company. Uh, but this being said, I mean, Hasbro's big and they have a ton, like you said, tons of licenses under them, a lot of uh, games and content they own. I wouldn't be surprised if someday, and I don't know if the size of companies, if this is even relative, but if someday Disney tries to buy them out yeah. because all of this would be, you know, well exploited under the Disney brand and become huge, huge uh, brands of their own. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that happen someday. Yeah. Uh, I can see somebody like Disney having their own. I mean, they do kind of have their own video game studio, but not like to this degree. Um, mm. Yeah, it kind of reminds you of the licensed games that, that me and I was on Kevin's uh, podcast, uh, Pushing Buttons. We were talking about the old licensed games like, oh, hey, the Ep Star Wars Episode 3 has its own video game. That kind of mm. thing. I think that's what we'll see out of this company. And a G.I. Joe game might be a lot of fun. I mean, those movies got awful real fast, so <laughs> I'm not really sure. I, the Magic the Gathering one's the only one that, to me, I'm like, okay, put your money behind that. Let's see what a good RPG Magic the Gathering style is. Um, they're bringing on the producers from Hitman and ba Batman Arkham, but we don't know, you know, who else they're bringing on. So we'll keep an eye on that. If they bring in some big talent, maybe they hire up some of these old Blizzard guys that are running around, we might actually have something cool here. That'd be neat. But so far, nothing major, you know. Next, we see that China is further restricting gaming. So uh, this comes from the South China Morning Post and Eurogamer, both trusted sources. Um, in the country, they feel like games are not purely entertainment. This is coming from the government um, and must respect their correct set of values. Quotation marks around that. Okay. Now, we've seen in the past that they've restricted gaming for youth. Uh, if you're under, I believe, 18, you can only play for three hours a week on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, one hour each day. They, earlier this week, made it to where if you're under 16, you cannot stream games at all. The new thing here is they have this system where they either approve or deny games from being allowed to publish in that country. And they've added some new restrictions to the allowance process. I'm going to read these. There are some quotations, so just keep in mind that these are exactly quoted. So, the new restrictions state that, quote, queer romance and, quote, effeminate men, quote, are, are unlikely to be approved. Games will also be rejected for giving players the option to be good or evil, like Fallout or Knights of the Old Republic, which both amazing games. Uh, there will be increased scrutiny for games that evolve religion or history, like Civilization VI or Assassin's Creed. Jalen, what, what, what do you think about these? So the fact that the government is... is Regulating this so heavily is already concerning, especially from our perspective as Americans that have so much freedom. And I understand their government has a different type of relationship and control. Uh, but my biggest question would be, how are they determining this uh, set of values? Is this something that just some guy in an office in the government building is saying, yeah, you know, what, I think this is okay yeah. and that's not okay? Or is it what the people, the general public, think is okay for, you know, a 16-year-old to see or play and... You know, maybe these certain games or this certain, you know, like they say, you know, uh, queer romances. Is that what everybody is afraid of in the country? Or is it just a narrow group that has power 
that thinks that stuff's not okay and is offended by it or wants to keep it away. Uh, because in the end, a government is supposed to be there to support the people. And it doesn't sound like that's you're 100 percent right from what we are seeing come out of that country which not a lot does right they don't allow a lot of uh, footage to leave there uh, but what we are seeing so far is gamers in an uproar about this uh they'll they'll even take to the streets sometimes um but gamers are not happy about this i i personally i don't know how their voting system works but i do believe they should vote on this if they're going to make such restrictive uh choices and all of this is using the term uh, unlikely or may not be so that there are you know kind of loopholes for them so they're saying well, we don't restrict it we just say it might not be and then it's kind of that like look uh if you don't pay your protection money we're not gonna bust your legs you know it's that whole thing you know so i was like oh, okay we see what you're doing yeah. uh it's tough yeah i mean god it's some of this stuff is just unacceptable one, in my opinion yeah one thing that um they could and maybe should do that would mimic our system here is, you know, and, and we have different states and our states have different local laws. So if within China, I'm sure they have, you know, I, I don't know their provinces. Yeah. So it, it, in their different areas, if they have different restrictions, like this is a very traditional, you know, neighborhood and we want to keep values to a certain standard. Okay. Then you guys have those laws here, but in the, you know, the big bustling city with all the, you know, multiculturalism and stuff, maybe that doesn't have the same restrictions or something like that. Yeah. It's tough because also it's not like our system's perfect. We're just, oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> and, and we're not talking politics. Like we, we try to avoid to politics. We're just bringing this to everybody's attention as gamers mm -hmm. um, and restricting gaming, especially, I mean, you're just cutting out so many storylines doing this. Yeah. So many great stories. Uh, the good and bad one alone, like I said, Knights of the Old Republic, the Fallout games, mm -hmm. uh, Mass Effect has a version of this. Uh, you're cutting out some really great storyline games. And then, the queer romance, effeminate men. There's all kinds of like those telltale level games or uh, the tell me why games are, I mean, they're better than TV half the time. Yeah. Or <laughs> what, what, what a, what a statement that game's better than TV. <laughs> you know? But yeah, sometimes the stories are that way. So you're just cutting out a lot of really good stories there. And that's too bad. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, a storytelling plus opening your eyes to all the people and, you yeah. know, and, you know, and, and it's I think too bad. not having that. Cause obviously it sounds like they're afraid of homosexuality. And I think not exposing your people to that, it's not like it's going to prevent people from, from being homosexuals or anything like that. It's just going to deprive yeah. them of that feeling of acceptance. So, Oh, nailed it. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's okay to say, oh yeah, we're going to keep all this away. It's just, it's like, it's like separating a race or a religion or, or anything else. You know, you're just going to make those who don't have that support system feel alienated. So I don't think yeah. that's really going to help, but I understand certain things do need to be regulated. Like we do, we have some restrictions on what can be on games. We definitely do. Yeah. I can't, just, you know, sounds like they're yeah. a little, little too strict over there and that needs to be reevaluated. And from our point of view, it feels like they're too strict. Yeah. And yeah. so something to keep in mind and we'll, we'll check this out as time goes on. Uh, last bit I want to talk about Jalen. What do you think about Will Shatner going to space next month? Oh man. I'm well, honestly, I'm, I'm a little concerned. He's, He's up there in age. Uh, 91, I think. Is it? God. Yeah. So I, I don't know what it takes to go to space. I imagine it's got to be exhausting on your I know, body. I wouldn't so much. do it. I, I mean, I would love to, but I don't think I'm in shape to do it. I don't think Shatner is either. Right? Don't they put you in that spinning machine that puts so much uh, gravity forces against you? And Oh, now you're, now you're talking movies, Jonathan. I have no clue. If they, uh, they just don't do that. Movie Space Cowboys? They don't do that no more? Yeah. <laughs> I remember the old guy just oh, passing boy. out. 
Space Cowboys is a great example of what's going to happen to Shatner. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, he might be a hero. <laughs> uh, he, sh- he should watch that movie a couple times be prepared. Man. But yeah, I mean, modern space travel is obviously different and very recently became commercialized and easier to do. So hopefully, yeah. it, you know, hopefully it all goes safe and hopefully uh, he enjoys it and reports back of a good experience. Yeah, well, uh, well, I think we're going to live stream this because, I mean, it's Captain Kirk going to space. There's all kinds of cool stuff going on about that. Uh, you know, you and I both met Shatner, what, five years ago? Yeah, God, 2016. More yeah. than that. Yeah, and he did not look like a person who could go to handle space. a long car ride. <laughs> right? Oh, man. And so, uh, I- I'm praying for you, buddy. I hope you get home safely. When, when, is, he, when is he supposed to be going? November in November, I believe. Oh, man, they should have lined this up. With, Maybe in October. They should have lined it up with First Contact Day. That would have been perfect. That would have been great. <laughs> yes. Oh man, if they put a little Starfleet logo on his, oh, I'm, they have I'll, to. I'll be yeah. so happy. He's gotta, I'll be so happy. That'd be cool. All right. Next up, we're going to be talking about our watch list for October. Do this watch list. It's on our website every month with the shows that we suggest you watch are, are new to streaming this month. John, did you have a chance to w- check out my suggestions on our website? I didn't, but I can bring them up right now. <laughs> that's all right. My Good. Bad. I'm going to tell them to you right now, so that's perfect. All right. For, let's start with the Lobies first. <laughs> I don't want right. to start with that. So for Disney+, Plus, we have Legos Star Wars Terrifying Tales. What's really cool is it's a Lego Star Wars uh, anthology series, mm-hmm. but it um, will tell scary stories set in Star Wars, many of them already told in other mediums. Mm-hmm. So like the, the, the uh, rebirth of Darth Maul. They'll tell it again as like a spooky story of these witches bringing back somebody from the dead. But it's also kind of like a comedy thing. A really great way for your kids to kind of get involved both in Halloween and in Star Wars. You know, like you were talking about with Marco. You try to kind of introduce them into that, that mixture, you know. This is a really good way to get into it. Yeah, it's cool that it overlaps with stories you already know. So you're going to see it. Hopefully yeah. you see a lot of it from a different perspective too. It kind of adds yeah. depth to that world. I like it. Yeah, that's cool. October 6th over Disney Plus, you guys could be watching Black Widow. If you haven't seen it yet, it's going to come out free for everybody who has Disney Plus. So it's not going to be that premium price anymore. And then Muppets Haunted Mansion, October 8th. This is um, a Muppets movie that takes place in the Haunted Mansion ride, essentially, but it's like all Muppet-fied. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like it because it looks like it's kind of still telling the story of some of the things you see on the Haunted Mansion ride through Muppets. Like, Miss Piggy's the head in the in the uh you know uh orb the crystal ball yeah. and so she's it looks really funny it looks really cute and I love that ride so um I gotta check that out Netflix October twenty second we have a Lock and Key season two premiered I'm so ready for you watch season one have right you, I saw I think I only saw like two episodes of it it didn't really oh. hook me right away but I think what was it you and I think Daniel isn't Daniel a big fan oh of it too God. Daniel I think has a key tattoo now. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be that surprised though, but <laughs> yeah, I'll have to, if you guys really think it's that good, I'll have to sit down and watch. I'll have to add it to my watch list that I don't have yeah. written down anywhere. <laughs> well, it's the time to get into it because on, on the 22nd, the next season comes out. It looks really good. I'm ready for it. What, what would All you, right, it, what would you, sorry, right. what would you compare that to? What do you think that's similar to? Hmm. It does have a little bit of teen angst, which is the part mm-hmm. that we hate the most, right? But yeah. a very little piece of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's see. Kind of an Umbrella Academy feel in a way, but not at all. <laughs> it's a tough one, John. Okay. Okay. It's it's horror, but not too horror horry. 
you know, kind of like that uh, X. Susie can handle it, basically. The X Men movie that came out uh, with the teenagers. I New Mutants. It. New Mutants is kind of that vibe, probably. But I haven't seen New Mutants yet. Oh man, that's a good one. <laughs> All right, I'll it's watch good. New Mutants. You finish watching Lock and Key. Okay, it's got the right. girl from Queen Queen's Gambit in it. She played really I good know. too. I don't know. I don't know. I used to not like her. <laughs> I like her now because of Queen's Gambit. Oh yeah, you'll but, like yeah. her more from this movie because the character that she can become if they if they build off those characters more. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. they do. They're, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, uh, God, Arya continue acting <laughs> too. So yeah, sorry, had <laughs> to go off on a big tangent. <laughs> Keep going. That's okay. Hey, no, that's good. <laughs> we both got assignments now. All right. All right. Over on Amazon Prime, the only thing to really care about is they have a new series coming out called "I Know What You Did Last Summer," mm. that is the same story as the movie. Which, um, if you guys are old like me, what happened <laughs> was. Uh, these group of friends partying, yada, yada, yada. They kill a guy accidentally. They ditch the body. And then a year later, or, you know, cause it's last summer, um, they start getting clues that the guy didn't die and is out to kill them all. And he is hunting them. So it's a series on that. So that'd be really fun to see as a series. Lastly, for HBO max, Aquaman King of Atlantis. It's a new animated three part movie that's coming to, uh, and it's going to be all about Aquaman. And basically him rising to power and it just looks like good shenanigans in mm-hmm. Aqua in, in uh, Atlantis. So that should be a lot of fun. And that, that animation style looks kind of cool. It's like a, like a Rick and Morty or comic book, more comic book kind of art style. Yeah. It feels adult swimming. When you guys watch the trailer, it feels like it's going to be like an adult swim kind of series. Mm-hmm. So a lot of fun. Successions has their season three coming out. I know everybody's uber fans of Succession. I haven't watched it yet, <laughs> but season three is launching October 17th. And people are a buzz about this. It sounds like it's going to be a big civil war in the big family. Um, I I think this is on my list. I think I'll watch this before, I don't know, 17th. <laughs> That's pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. But I'll try to watch those first two seasons. Lastly, and most importantly, in my opinion, Dune is coming out October 22nd on HBO Max and at theaters. Watch it at theaters if you guys can. We're doing a big watch party here. I am um, so uber excited for this. <laughs> I know. I got to try to finish. I mean... How many chapters are in this book? You know, you're you're at like 22, 24. I'm at like 15. Yeah, and I'm but... at like page 250 around there in the book. Yeah, jeez. So I would predict that there's probably like 60 chapters. Oh, yeah. I still have 16 more hours. Yeah. <laughs> That's the... what I've been going by is the hours. Like Audible I've got like 13 book. more yeah. and stuff. Man. Yeah. The audio book for this thing is very well done. Yeah. yeah you got you the sand gotta... like blowing in the wind sound and stuff. Be careful if you're driving because you got to still pay attention to the road. <laughs> Yeah, no joke, guys. I'm not kidding. There have been so many times where I'm like, "No, Jessica, like, not paying attention to the road." And into that book, yeah, you regain consciousness when you're parked at home, and you're like, "Wait, how did I get here?" And how will the how will the Harkonnens attack next? Right. Yeah, that's so intense. All right, yeah. uh, we're gonna go ahead and move on to our next segment, guys. Uh, we're talking about we're reviewing New World next. All right, I'm here with Kevin now, and we're going to be talking about New World, the new MMO from Amazon Games, surprisingly enough. Uh, Kevin, how are you enjoying the game so far overall? I am liking it a lot. I played it a lot in open beta, um, or the last closed beta, rather, uh, two months ago before they extended the <laughs> the development date another month. But yeah, enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, going into this thing, we had high hopes. You know, we come from, we talked about it on Pushing Buttons, a great podcast. You guys check it out. Um, 
And the idea was like, this thing's going to be bringing a lot of new stuff to the table, open world, more PvP. Do you think it's fulfilled its promises? I think it's a little too early to tell because there's not too many people that are at the end game areas yet. Yeah. Um, not all the territories. And I don't think any server has every territory taken over yet. Mm -hmm. uh, so far, it seems that that's the route it's going. It's heavily relying on PvP, not so much in the open world, but for the territory, each individual territory. Yeah. Have you participated in any sort of PvP yet or like investing in a territory? I haven't yet. No, I am heavily invested in the Marauders on our server <laughs> that we're playing on. Um, I, I like that, but I have not actually participated in any of it yet. I'm trying to get to max level, I think, before I get to that point. I've tried to do the same thing myself. Uh, what level are you? 23, I think. 23, 24, somewhere in there. Okay. So not too far. Yeah, I'm level 20. Makes you feel a bit good because IGN is also level 20. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> I don't feel so bad. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I see people uh, that we've been playing with or that were on our Discord with us that have like 50 some hours into it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, guys, just slow your roll. You're going to burn yourselves out. Exactly. Please don't <laughs> burn yourselves out, guys. We were really putting right. a lot in this, this basket here. Um, OK, so the leveling process, do you think it's about right? Or are you being held back anything? But I'll say for myself, I think I'm being held back a lot by just server queues. Um, those have been fixed in the last couple of days. They're not allowing new characters to be made on what they're calling full servers. Right. So yesterday, Saturday, I didn't have any queue at any point in the day nice. to log in at all. Um, so that's definitely being addressed. Um, I'm being held back, I think, by the fact that I think I'm leveling too quickly. I'm trying to get to the point where I'm able to craft my own gear. But by the time I level up my crafting, I'm leveling up past the level of gear that I'm trying to craft. So it's it, it, everything gives you XP in the game. And I think it's supposed to be able so you can do anything and move yourself forward through the game. And it's overall, it's really good with that. But I think I'm leveling too quickly for my own good. Yeah, I, I have to stop and work on, on crafting because it feels like crafting is more important in this game than other MMOs. Uh, when you're leveling, what are you focusing on? Are you trying to do quests, you trying to do que uh, crafting? What's your focus? I have a goal of every time I go out to do quests, I make sure I load up on as many of the community board quests, the yeah. faction board quests, and my story quest and stuff. I'll try to hit one direction, all in one, one area, and then I don't come back to town until my inventory is full of resources. Nice. So I make sure to fill up with wood, iron, whatever I can find to get my hands on. Make sure my inventory is absolutely crammed full get back to town, turn in all my quests, refine all my materials, and then put them into storage, rinse and repeat. Good it's, it's very relaxing. It's, it's like I have a task list that I have to do every time, and that's what I find fun in this game, is I have my own task list for me personally. So for I, I do like that too, but I think I might have be running into a problem here. I will fill up on those board quests, which I really like those actually, because they kind of get you out there checking out the area, and there's some really beautiful zones. Um, I find myself doing those, and then that's all the time I had for the day, was doing these tasks. And I'm not actually progressing any sort of story at all. Are you doing both or are you running into the same issue? I got to a point where I had some level 13 story quests at level 19. Mm. So I stopped focusing on those board. I did the same exact thing. Okay. So I stopped and just did an about turn and started doing all the missions, the story quest missions until the first uh, expedition or raid or whatever you want to call it. I'm to that point now and just haven't tried doing that at all. Okay. So I think I'm going back to the board quests. For a while. I'm glad to hear that. So I'll do the same thing because I'm, I am I have to be in the same boat as you. I have to be way ahead of that story quest. I haven't 
touch the story quest until it told me to go into another zone. I haven't even touched that part. Oh, yeah, that's the problem with the main story quest is that uh, at least in the starting zones, there's four starting zones and the story quest, the main story quest takes you all through all four of those zones. So there's a lot of traveling. And if you're getting a lot of Azoth, which is the currency for fast traveling, as well as yeah. for infusing crafted items, um, you can do it no problem as long as you recall to in and then teleport from there. Mm -hmm. um, you can use your hearth or your recall every hour so. It's not too terrible to travel long distances. Yeah, basically it rewards active players, I've noticed. Like, if you could teleport as much as you want, as long as you're actively doing things in between. But if you're just, like, bouncing around, like, shopping, whatever, it'll kill you. Like, but you have to yeah. be crafting and, and, and farming in between. Um, do you think the layout has been pretty clear? Because I, I'm running into a problem where, like, the map feels a little crowded. I, I know where everything's at, but I'm like, I can, this could be narrowed down a little bit. What are your thoughts on, like, the menu and the layout? Uh, the, the UI... My very first impression of, of it was, man, this is very slick and very clean for an MMO. Right. But the more I try to bounce around it, the more it's the, like the map is kind of clunky. The the inventory is a little, I don't know, it leaves some, something to be desired. But for an MMO, it is super responsive and yeah. lays everything out in front of you pretty easily. So I don't have any real gripes about it. That is, I mean, you nailed it right on the head. That's perfect. Exactly what I had thought too. Very clean, but then all of a sudden you're like, man, this, why am I having to right click on this and click on that? Like it just feel a little, feel a little weird. Um, visuals though, I think this game is, is gorgeous. There's definitely some places I've been where I'm just like, man, look how cool this looks. And I feel like the, uh, like the spell animations, the ability animations are all pretty rewarding. I'm using a great axe myself as my primary weapon. What is your primary weapon? I'm going back and forth from a rapier to a bow and mm -hmm. the animations, the animations for the rapier are pretty darn cool because it's like if you think a pirate is like jabbing in, it's like a swashbuckler yeah. uh, kind of dancing with the sword. It's 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 pretty cool. The bow is just whatever. It's someone shooting a bow. Yeah. Uh, with a rapier, are you going with the? because I, I was using uh, rapier first too. Um, I was doing like the teleporting version of it. Like there's the bleed version and there's like kind of this defensive back and forth version. Which version are you going with? The the bleed one. It's, it's, it seems a lot quicker. Like, yeah, just jab them like seven times with a thing, then I make them bleed, and then I've got my stab and finish thing. Yeah. I forget what, what they're all called, but it's very fluid, very fast, and there's even some sub-skills within those that boost the, the cooldown or make the cooldown shorter for each of those. So you can just cycle through those three abilities pretty rapidly without having to switch to your other weapon while your first one's cooling down. So the rapier is very fun. It's just you're very squishy while using it. I might have to try the rapier out again because I was using the rapier and then I felt like I'm just not doing enough damage quick enough to really start going through, you know. So I went to the great axe, but the great axe's cooldowns are like 20 seconds for each ability. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, and so I'll switch over to my second one. It's usually my, you know, the frost glove or whatever, um, which is basically uh, an item that buys time <laughs> until your cooldowns are off on the axe. So I might switch to the rapier because I did have a lot of fun with it, but I was going with that one where you're teleporting and you're having to like wait for them to attack and bounce it back at them, which which RP wise was really cool. Like I actually had to think about fighting style. I really liked that. But in the end, you're like, well, if that guy's not attacking fast enough where I miss the timing on that, I just wasted an entire cooldown. So I'll have to try it again. I also recommend trying the spear because the one of the first abilities you get is the ability to throw it. So it's a ranged and a melee weapon. Ooh, it's very fun. That's cool. It's almost as fast as the rapier with the ability to throw it yeah and i think it's in the i think that one can be in the strength or dexterity so i think that one's pretty good for yeah, either one that sounds right yeah 
Uh, speaking of that, are you going like all dexterity? Or are you putting in some of that constitution? I, um, I put three points into constitution. I think with gear, my constitution's <laughs> at like 40 and yeah. my, uh, my dexterity is at like 95 or something like that. I'm, so, I'm glad that you and me yeah. are playing a basically the same game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just like all strength. <laughs> yeah. I'll swing it, harder. <laughs> unless you're doing uh doing like a healing staff as a secondary, there's no point unless you're going to tank or heal. I should say yeah. if you're going straight DPS, just throw it all into your one stat, whatever stat your weapon takes the, the most of its stats from. Uh, yeah, with the great axe, I was like, man, you could really build a tank spec out of this. So I kind of was toying around with that, but um, you run into some real big limitations really quick. Where because of the long cooldowns, you get like you're all about like critting for health, which is a really fun idea. Like you're having to crit to get health back. Um, but with the long cooldowns, you're desperately like, okay, three seconds, and I could stay alive if I hit that three seconds. It's a little bit too too wonky out there. Uh, I might have to change things up a little bit. Um, anything else you want to mention about this game that you're having fun with? Some pros, cons. Um, I don't like the fact that they are forcing me to do the first expedition in the main story quest. That was my that was my major gripe with Final Fantasy 14. Why I stopped playing it is it made you do a raid mm -hmm. um, with other people. They have a title. You can pick the title only plays solo, but they still force you to group in the main story quest. Yeah, you can't even go in there. Even if you're like level whatever the level cap is, you still have to have three people in your party to do that to get into Amrine. That's my main gripe is that. They boast that the game, you can play it however you want to play it, but in order to get through the main story, you have to do the one thing that I don't want to do in MMOs unless yeah. I'm really in the mood to talk to other people that's outside of a podcast form. So, uh, other than that, I, I'm really, really enjoying it. The crafting is fun. The The sound effects, we didn't mention the sound effects. Oh, They're I did really want good. to. Yeah, that, yeah, amazing sound yeah. design in this game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just that sound when your pickaxe hits um, like a, an iron vein. Mm -hmm. It's just that sound and it echoes across. Oh, man, I can't describe it. You got to you got to listen to that for yourself. Oh, it's so sweet. It, it to it's me so satisfying. Yeah, it sounds I mean, it's honestly like calming and beautiful all at once when you're out there you're logging and you can hear other people logging around you and you see that yeah kruk, kruk, and like it echoes because it's like a, you could t you could tell it's a distant log i don't it's hard to explain guys minecraft needs to add it in is what i'm saying <laughs> the sound design is the best thing going for it the yeah. ui is pretty close to to that level i think yeah. uh the just how fast and fast smooth and responsive the game is is the selling point yeah in my eyes. Uh, all right. So uh, you have a big review for this coming up. You're going to have a big discussion for pushing buttons, correct? Yeah, that's the plan. Okay. So they'll break down a whole thing over there on pushing buttons, guys. Make sure to check it out. Um, it'll be on this feed, of course, and they, they come out on Wednesdays. So you guys will get uh, a lot more New World. If you guys are playing New World, uh, you guys can change servers whenever you want uh, one time. So just keep that in mind. Uh, let us know if you're playing. We will team up. Uh, we don't party up much <laughs> ourselves. But if you're wanting somebody to play with, let us know. We'll find a way to play with you and uh, we'll hang out. Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, sounds like fun. All right, guys. Uh, next up, we have our Venom discussion. All right, now we're going to be talking about Venom. I was going to be joined by Squeaks, but his little girl got, has a flu now. So understandable. Got to take care of the little girl. Just going to be me, guys. So here we go. I do have Squeaks' grade for the end, so we, we know what he thinks. 
This is Venom, Let There Be Carnage, came out this last weekend. Um, if you're a fan, just first of all, if you're a fan of the first Venom, you'll probably like this one. I think they have the same vibe. Um, it's not great, <laughs> especially when compared to like something that Marvel normally puts out. And I know this is a Sony uh, product, but um, yeah, we won't go into spoilers for the most part. Then we'll talk about the end credit. That will definitely be a spoiler because uh, that was the best part of the film. But let's first talk about plot. So Carnage is here. They are using the whole uh, blood carnage thing in this one, which is really cool. And I, I will say that, like, the relationship between uh, Tom Hardy and Venom himself uh, develops, but to such a comical extent that it really kind of tore me out of the film. Like, I was just like, okay, we don't need these, like, empty, hollow jokes. There's a lot of those, a lot of dad jokes that I just felt kind of were, I don't know, slowing things down. Or wasting my time. Uh, everything that had Woody Harrelson in it, I liked. He was really good. And, and I actually liked his relationship with... Um, God, what's her name in the comic books? I'm trying to remember her name. Screecher, I think. Those two worked really well for me. And I did like that like kind of long-time rivalry between uh, Brock and Cletus. So that was cool. But generally, like so much of the film was wasted on Venom and, and Tom Hardy's you know, relationship. Just something that wasn't really needed. In, in a joking way, too. So it was really, really bad. All to set up a moment where he wouldn't be there. Like, it was all to set up a moment where, like, we need Venom now. And that just felt like such a waste. And Venom's motivations are a little off, too, because with Brock, he's like, we could be saving people. We could be heroes. Without Brock, he's, like, hopping from person to person, killing them. Uh, almost, you know, unintentionally, but it, and it's because Brock's the only one that's really accepting him or whatever. You know how they have that symbiosis thing going on. Is Venom all good guy now, or is he still old bad guy? Like, he's such a toss-up. And in the comic books, he's now straight up a hero. So you have that as well to account for. So the motivations for the characters were a little off, except for Woody Harrelson. I mean, it, I think that character was pretty clear. Carnage did a really good job of showing how they're, they're not quite as united. I really liked that. Uh, they did address that. The final fight scene between Carnage and Venom, very well done. Better than the first movie, for sure. Very well done. I'd say for Tom Hardy's acting, it was, as you'd expect, not as good as normal, though. I've seen him really pull some great stuff off, like in Peaky Blinders. But this was kind of more of like the Eddie Brock from the last one, too, where it's just a lot for him. Uh, he had so many, like, quick turns that were like, why did you do that, though? That doesn't make any sense. That his character didn't feel like, like, it felt like he wasn't adapting fast enough to what his character's storyline was going through, but that's because you couldn't. You couldn't go from, like, Shit's terrible to all of a sudden I'm a rich reporter in a, on a dime like that. Like, that doesn't make sense. So, <laughs> so you had that. Um, the Venom acting was awful. It was just awful. This is not how Venom's supposed to act. Uh, he does have, like, joking moments and stuff like that, but come on now. He's not Deadpool. Um, and Deadpool does far better jokes, <laughs> so you guys aren't really even nailing that. Woody Harrelson, I think, did a better job acting than, than everybody else. Uh, but I, I, I good a lot of that too. Also, just Cletus is a really great character, and I think that he portrayed that pretty well. Nobody else really stood out to me, you know, acting wise. It was kind of just mediocre all around. Uh, directing some fantastic shots, especially that final fight scene. There's one you've seen in the trailer where Carnage is a, a silhouetted against the um, church stained glass. I mean, it was so wonderful. That's totally a tattoo. Uh, but there were some really great shots, especially those involving Carnage and his like tentacle abilities. 
that was well done. They nailed that better than the first movie for sure. Uh, director for this was the director for this was Andy Serkis. And uh, if this is what he has to bring to the table, I'm very happy with it. It looks really good. CGI. CGI on everything was good except for when Venom is talking to Tom Hardy, Brock. That whole like head poking out of his back talking to him thing. It's just it doesn't look good on screen. And I'm not a big fan of it. And so they did a lot of that. And there's, there's a lot, a lot of it. There's a lot of, you know, there's just a lot of angst that I don't really care for. Production design. Uh, it feels like the city of San Francisco was less of a character than it was in the first movie. The character in the first movie, like San Francisco was its own character for sure in the first movie. Not as much in this one. Um, but I mean, it's soundtrack wise, but this last thing here, soundtrack wise. It was okay. Is is your average kind of Sony Spider-Man kind of film uh, music? Um, just all right. All in all, I'm giving this thing a C minus, and Squeaks is giving it a D plus, which is our I think our worst grade yet. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Um, just so many little unneeded things, but on the verge of some greatness. Like it has that. Like if you were to tweak a few things, mainstream this thing a little bit, you'd have something really great here. All right, now let's talk that post-credit scene. This is all spoilers. So in the post-credit scene, we have Venom and Eddie Brock down in Mexico, chilling at like some beat-up old resort. Suddenly, like out of, just out of nowhere, a wave hits them. Not a water wave, but like a wave of energy. And they're in a nice uh, villa almost, right? A nice hotel room. And there's Spider-Man on the TV screen. Tom Holland Spider-Man. And it's him during the whole, like, we know who Spider-Man is thing with uh, J. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson. And I'm sitting there like, yes, 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 yes. They have combined. I believe what's happening. God, I don't know, because the timing's not right on it. <laughs> what could be is the thing that he does with what, what Spider-Man does with Doctor Strange. That's the wave he could be feeling. But then you're like, OK, so the symbiote made it to where he didn't get changed. That could be what's happening. But if that's the case. Then why are they watching the TV right afterwards and seeing J. Jonah Jameson talking about him? Because presumably the whole spell's purpose was to make sure everybody forgets who Spider-Man is. So all kinds of questions there. We'll go ahead and dive deep on that next week when Squeaks can be here. You know, he's got to take care of Kyrie first. Uh, but he'll join me and, and we'll go into what we think about that, really break it down. But again, he's giving it a D plus. I'm giving it a C minus. I think if you're a fan of the first movie, you'll still be a fan of this one. Like I gave the first movie like a B minus, C plus. So we're, we're about there. Anyways, let me know what you guys think about it on our social medias. Thank you very much for joining us on Geek Freaks, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.